Ready Check Radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. Why, hello, 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 Internet. It is Saturday. It is 7 p.m. Eastern. That means it's time once again for Gaming Gumbo, your weekly gaming wrap-up podcast here on Ready Check Radio. We're doing the show live. As always, we've got chat hanging out, ready to chime in with their opinions. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, as always. Got a lot to talk about today, including some sales numbers. And hell, Evolve is back, guys. Evolve is back. Nobody knows why. <laughs> Nah, nobody knows why. We talked a little bit about it on uh, the Always Online podcast yesterday with uh, with Noob Fritch. And yeah, we, we'll talk about that right off the top of the show uh, in just a second here. Joining me to go over all the fun stuff today, the Noob Fridge himself, Troy Blackburn. How are you? What's up, nerds? Yeah. Just been enjoying my Steam Deck, living my good life, folding my laundry today been fantastic i did not fold my laundry today i gotta get to it i gotta get to it i'll get to it tomorrow also on deck here not steam deck but on deck <laughs> resident artist of ready check radio yod what's up sir yeah i don't have one of those fancy ass steam decks that you guys do oh. <laughs> but you know if you don't awesome. fold your laundry eventually the laundry just comes directly out of the basket and you don't need to fold it anyways ever so there you go ever again <laughs> exactly you don't have to fold it Ever, That's how it ever works. Again. Ever yeah, so, again. So did someone just like plug that hard drive back into the chassis for Evolve, or what's going on there? <laughs> yeah. So we covered it on MMO Bomb. Uh, I had I had I'd found it on Thursday night, so I assigned it to Aspen, who wrote it on uh, Friday morning, and so we posted mm -hmm. it. We posted it then, and yeah, who knows. So, like, there's been a dedicated community, like, playing in the legacy stuff. It's offline, but uh, right. then that kind of went away, and so they started, you know, getting rambunctious in the old Discord there. Uh, and so they turned the legacy stuff back on, and in the process, turned on the peer-to-peer -peer multiplayer servers. Right, because from what I understand, on the legacy side, you can host your own multiplayer games, but right. there's no, like, rank stuff and, right. you know, the... Right. the, the uh meeting up with strangers essentially online yeah absolutely play yeah, absolutely and so they're on and there are 1300 people playing right now wow yeah i just looked at it i was like wow there are still like right at 1300 people playing they got to be doing something, Troy, right? Like, that's got to be, like, maybe they're not going to bring it back. I mean, maybe they will. They, they just bring it back. But I, I almost feel like it's a better PR if you've been working on another project that's kind of related to that style of gameplay, that, like, four-on-one asynchronous gameplay, or, I'm sorry, asymmetrical gameplay, uh, or, you know, something in that IP. Like, it, it's got to be a teaser for something, right? guerrilla marketing man maybe yeah. maybe no marketing is the marketing genius that they needed yeah i mean that's kind of the way it went free to play right it was just like a tweet it was like hey it's free to play it's free to play congratulations 
Yeah, I mean, if you if you like it, check it out. I, I just, you know, I feel like take two is like, we want some of that Dead by Daylight scratch. We want some of that Dead right. by Daylight scratch. Four on one, we got that. Yeah, you, you do got that. But you screwed up the monetization so bad that everybody left. That everybody let's left. Let's try it again. Yeah, let's, let's do it a second time. Let's try again. 815% increase over the past 30 days. Yeah, like the last time they had that many players was like October 2016 or something stupid Day like one. that. <laughs> Day one. <laughs> Day one. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to play Evolve, it's back. I mean, you already have to own it. You can't, you can't get it. Even though it was free to play, you can't get it on Steam. It's delisted. But if you own it, you can go ahead and play it. Apparently enough people have it. I have it. I haven't hopped into it though. It's it, that's really it. Really wasn't my thing. I do like that like four on one. Like Troy and I, we've we've talked like vampire or vampire Friday the Thirteenth, uh, Evil Dead. You know, uh, there's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre one coming up. Like I do enjoy that four on one type gameplay. I didn't evolve. Really didn't get me. It it got Troy a little more. Monetization aside. Yeah, monetization aside. I... I definitely played it. I enjoyed being the hunters. I didn't like the monster. For me, the monster gameplay was really lacking. It didn't have much depth to it at all. Uh, but, you know, I enjoyed being some of the hunters. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I got to believe that this is just like some sly marketing for something. For something. <laughs> something. Yeah. They're gearing up for something. Yeah. They've got to be gearing up for something. My audio is out of sync. Is it out of sync? Am I out of sync? You roboted on my end for a little. Well, that that's different. That's Discord being a butt uh, across yeah. networks. Uh, is my audio out of sync? You guys, everybody looks good to me, but chat. Yeah, if yeah. I'm out of sync, let me know. I'll I'll put in a little delay. We can tweak it on the fly. That's not a problem. Uh, all right, sales guys. It is sales. It is time. It is time. It's it's the you know the stuff Jason Winter loves, right? The sales. I was gonna say Jason Winter. Where are you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're, we're, I figured we're this would call his name. Boom, boom, Jason Winter. Paging Jason Winter. Uh, yeah. So we're starting to see the financials roll in for the second quarter of this year in the video game industry uh, across the board. And uh, I just I don't, don't want to like get into individual companies and stuff like that, but I do want to focus on the big dogs, right? Your your Microsofts, right. your Sony's, your stuff like that. Uh, we are, by the way, going to focus being a gaming show on the gaming branches of those companies. Like Sony as a whole is up a couple of percent. Microsoft as a whole is obviously doing very well. Their cloud services carrying a tremendous portion of their portfolio. You know, they just barely slipped under a trillion dollar market cap right now. So they're doing fine uh, as companies. I, I want to look at the gaming side specifically of both of those because Microsoft reporting their gaming revenue has dropped 7% year over year, and the hardware revenue is down 11% year over year. Now, we, we have less information on the Microsoft side of things because they stopped reporting console sales and, and, and figures like that a while ago. They have continued to say that the, the current slate of Xboxes, the Series S and Series X, are the best-selling Xboxes in history. Uh, and then when you look at particular regions, I'm looking at you, Japan. It is doing very strong there comparative to previous iterations of the Xbox. So those may be good numbers or a good sentiment, but dollar-wise, 
No, they've lost 7% of gaming revenue and 11% of hardware. Chalk up some of that, what you will, to the typical uh, semiconductor shortage uh, and, and all those typical things that, that you, you hear. Guys, this has to be directly COVID-related, right, Yad? I mean, no company that is in video games, entertainment, streaming services, uh, hell, even PC parts and consoles themselves can possibly be expected to maintain this year what they did last year and even most of the year before with just record-breaking revenues because everybody was stuck in the damn house. Right, right. And, and now, now that we have, like, vaccines and stuff like that, even with the new variants and stuff going on, people are venturing back outside. And the moment you start venturing back outside, you put down the video game console because you want to see your friends in person. You want to oh, you want to go. I'm supposed to be seeing people now. <laughs> I mean, if you have friends, <laughs> you know, not, not you, Troy, not you, Troy. You still oh, have to okay. stay home. You okay. still have to stay okay. home. Yeah, you, you need to stay home and, and work for Mike. Everybody else, we're, we're going outside and doing things. <laughs> but like, you know, conventions have started back up, and you know, places, uh, places, you know, to go eat and stuff like that. That's a thing again. All that stuff. The moment you start doing that, that eats into your video game time. Yeah, and certainly so, inflation doesn't help, right? Because you right, know, video yeah. games are one of the first, well, that's an expendable income item, and I have less expendable right. income right now. Right, so your video games, your streaming services, whether that's, you know, gaming streaming or video streaming, those services that are month-to-month -month and stuff like that, people are going to start cutting it out. Which ones don't I use as often? Am I doing something else instead of this? I'm going to cancel that subscription for a while. MMOs, nothing's going on in this game right now, so I'm going to cancel it for a couple of months. You know, that type of thing. Yep. And it, it's bound to happen, especially with, once again, people going back outside. Yeah, and, and then conversely, by the way, lockdowns in China have kind of had the opposite effect. Oh, God. Uh, that's really been putting a bit of a crunch on things. Interestingly, though, Troy, although the, the game revenue itself is down, although the hardware revenue itself is down, they, they are absolutely in line with what Microsoft put out as their slate of prediction uh, predictions in April. So... If you look at like Microsoft's stock, and again, that's Microsoft as a whole, not representative of just its gaming arm. And again, their cloud business is just going gangbusters right now. Um, their, their stock is actually going up. Uh, they forecasted correctly. They forecasted these percentages almost dead on. I mean, almost dead on. And they are having an uptick in other places. So although there's like a 6% drop in content and service revenue, that's like your microtransactions, your DLCs, your stuff like that, it, that's kind of offset because Xbox Game Pass subscriptions continue to grow. Glad that they had, uh, you know, the the proper expectations for what was going to happen this year compared to next year. Otherwise, they would be creating their own panic situation for investors and and board members, where they're, oh, we can, because that's in that typically what big companies want to do. They're like, better than last year, better, always better than last year, no matter what, and they create their own panic situation. So I'm just glad that they predicted something reasonable, uh, given, and still have growth within other you know, other genres of their business. Yeah. Um, 
It's it's uh, it's interesting to watch. It's interesting. I, they've they've got to be doing comparative analysis. Like I know what I do for my company is global in nature. It's a different a different beast. Uh, you know, I'm not in my day job is not in video games. It's in software engineering, but it's not video games. Um, not only do we do the year over year comparisons, right, and those are big as far as P and Ls go every quarter or every year, uh, but we've also started comparing to 2019, right. So there's two comp analysis analyses that have been going on. One is the typical year over year. And what that will tell you right now is how well your, your particular business is rebounding from a down period during COVID for most businesses, or how much you may be shrinking because you had an abundance of business during COVID, like you see with these video game companies. But we're also doing trend analysis against 2019 so that we have a better picture of where is our business today, Yod, compared to normal operating procedures. Yeah, <laughs> like right. the last time things were a little more normal uh, as far as the business goes, what were we looking like? And, and a large segment of what I do is in travel, which is very, very interesting to look at because oh, that geez, is something that is tremendously impacted by lockdowns and things like that. So. Very, very interesting. So Microsoft gets the up. Yeah, Havoc and I talking in chat. The Windows side of things is actually down a little bit, mainly because the normal revenue that Microsoft has for um, uh, contracts with other companies that are building computers and front-loading Windows on them, those contracts have slipped back a little bit. So it's not so much the commercial, you know, consumer side. It's more those business-to-business -business contracts as far as Windows goes mm -hmm. for preloading them on the, you know, the computers that are right. going to be sold at Best Buy and, and Target and, and stuff. That's where they make their money anyways on oh, it's, OS and it, stuff like that. No, right now it's, it's, it's Azure and Cloud that is absolutely carrying the company to, to a right tremendous Right now, yeah, extent. but I mean, yeah. on average. They're, they're Azure. Like Amazon... Like Amazon's going to be interesting. I know it's not technically game related, although hopefully we'll get a little bit of a peek at New World <laughs> when Amazon <laughs> drops there. Because what? Like they can't put Amazon games on the P&L publicly, Troy, right. and you not go, well, that's New World. <laughs> like, because that's all they got. That's all they got. <laughs> when you um, got one game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Lost Ark, the publishing yeah, license for that. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll have to see if there's like itemization for Amazon games. You know, because Amazon's cloud storage solutions and things like that, um, kind of a direct competitor in that that Azure and cloud storage Microsoft space right. as well. So it'll be interesting. It'll be, and uh, Amazon had an outage yesterday and the day before. So Ooh. that affected Streamlabs, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> so ironically okay, enough, well, ironically when Amazon enough. has outages, it, it can get bad everywhere. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Same thing. Same thing. On the flip side, or the competition side of things, I should say, uh, Sony, again, up a few percentage points as an overall entity, but looking strictly at its video game business side of things, maybe not as cheery as the Microsoft side of things. Microsoft <laughs> was down double digits in some case, 11, 12, 13%, but right in line with forecasts. Sony revealed its Q1 financial 2022 consolidated results and software to sa sales year over year have declined by 26%. They lost a quarter of it. Again, though, 
we are comparing to that COVID. Everybody's at home. Everybody's getting, you know, not everybody, but here in the United States, many were getting different stimulus checks and things like that, that maybe they had a little extra scratch laying around and bought a game or two when normally their budget wouldn't allow them to have bought two or three games in that given month or whatever. But that is in a year of tremendous exclusives too, Yad, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. You know, stuff like that. Obviously, later this year, we're going to get The Last of Us remake and we're going to get God of War Ragnarok. So that those two titles could tremendously make up a lot of the gap. But oh, Ragnarok, definitely. Oh, Ragnarok's going to be gangbusters. And, yeah. But that Last of Us, I, I hear too much of, we don't need that yet. Why the heck did they make that? There's no point. Why is it $70? Yeah, yeah why is it $70? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... I mean, th does does the figures for uh, Horizon uh, Forbidden West include the ones that are in the bundle to PS5? Because right now that's all there is out there is the freaking bundle. I want to get a PS5, but all there is is the bundle, and I don't want the freaking bundle. I don't want the bundle. <laughs> Uh, the PlayStation 5 itself, its sales have increased by 4% compared to the last report, 2.4 million units. Interestingly, although they have not adjusted their target, Troy, of 18 million units uh, by the end of the year total, uh, they are still lagging behind the PlayStation 4. Uh, They're still lagging behind on PlayStation uh, comparative after seven months of, you know, the PlayStation 4 sales. They're still lagging behind in this one. Which is interesting. Everybody holding on to the holder hardware there. Mm-hmm. Well, if you break them out of the freaking bundles. <laughs> well, that's not Sony, Sorry. though. That's like the... that's Actually, actually it is. Oh, is it really? The, the, yeah. The I, I haven't looked at their Sony West Direct is stuff. A, yeah, yeah. It, it's a giant box bundle. Oh, jeez. And those are the only ones that are left anywhere. Uh, so they, I'm, trying, I'm trying to look at their big, their big releases for this year, and it looks like... The, the biggest stuff is still yet to come yeah. this year. Yeah, so God no of War and the last No wonder they're remake, so yeah. they're so far behind. Um, I mean, that's uh, to be expected. The holiday season is going to be the bigger yeah, no know, doubt. seller. No doubt. Uh, PlayStation Plus subscribers uh, increased by 2%, but the uh, reported number of active PSN users declined by 3%. So a few more subscribers, but less overall PSN users. And engagement, and Microsoft saw this too, although they didn't report directly on it. Engagement, a.k.a. how much time you spend it in front of that box we got in your house, um, is down on both sides. Interestingly, one of the things that could be factoring in, and I want your opinion here on this one, Troy, on Sony's side of things is remember they've had obviously they've had chip shortages and the same distribution issues and and things as far as hardware goes but they've been a little more comfortable adopting the brand new $70 title price tag too which i wonder does that factor into people buying less yeah cuz uh as chat brought up not only you know were people hanging on to the older consoles but there 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 was the chip shortage and they were having a hard time even getting the new console the the PS5 the ones who wanted it but yeah games are going up becoming more expensive quicker over there i feel like from an outsider looking in i've long felt that um the Xbox Microsoft Game Pass is better than Sony's online offering um, if I was to go buy a console right now, uh, as somebody who doesn't own, own anything except my PC and my Steam Deck, 
I would go buy an Xbox. I wouldn't even be considering PlayStation at this point, especially knowing as a PC player that those exclusives are now coming to PC, which may be part of the reason they decided that they're going to push that really hard is because they realized they were down on software sales uh, on their actual consoles themselves. And hey, look at all this money that we're going to throw at you when you give us your games too. Sony does have the PlayStation VR 2 coming as well. That's likely to be a like March, April 2023 thing if... The titles we saw previewed for that are any indication. And we did get more information on this one uh, as well today on like some of the features. We we know this like a 4,000 by 2040 uh, HDR resolution. That's 2,000 and 2,040 for each eye. Uh, but here's the thing. Like they did, <laughs> they did say, seen above in this their little video that they, they put together, uh, you can use the front-facing camera on the PSVR 2 headset to scan the room while the sense controllers allow you to shape the area on the floor. While using the peripherals during play, players will be warned when they're approaching the borders of the predefined area. It also has a pass-through that allows you to look at the front-facing camera so you can see around your room at the push of a button. So I was like, oh, cool. You're doing all the things Oculus has been doing forever. Nice. Right. right. Congratulations. <laughs> good, jo good job, Sony. <laughs> good job. Just now good catching job. up with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna buy it. I love, I do enjoy my PSVR. It, it has sat on the shelf since we got the Oculus Quest Two. I mean, it's just the, the Oculus Quest Two just beats it unmercilessly, um, and that's been what we've played the I mean, most of. But it's newer tech. Uh, newer yeah. tech's always gonna do that. Yeah. So, I mean, once this comes out, I'm sure this will, you know, go on your head, and the Oculus will sit on the shelf and. Then a new Oculus will come out, and that'll you know. Oculus, by the way, Oculus. Um, you think it gets hot on your head? I I've never had that problem. Um, mm -hmm. Oculus, interestingly, by the way, is now reverting back and will no longer require a Facebook account, uh, which, so is good, good. which is good. Which mm -hmm. is good. Which is good. Before we leave Sony, though, there was one little interesting tidbit I'd like to bring you. <laughs> 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 Since hardware sales are down. Things are more expensive with inflation. There's a mm -hmm. chip shortage, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Sony was asked on the call, on their investor call about a potential price increase on the PlayStation 5. Would you consider increasing the price of the PS5 to face some of these market pressures? Now, this wouldn't be unprecedented. In consoles, maybe, but from Sony as a company, it wouldn't be. If you look right now, and I'm echoing in your headset, uh, uh, Yad, uh, if you look at Sony's marketing in Japan right now, they have increased the price of some of their hardware-based stuff, headphones, uh, mice, things like that. So would they be willing to do one on the PlayStation 5? And here's the weird part, Troy. They didn't say no. <laughs> I don't know that that's all that weird. If they if they want to be at the forefront of raising the prices of games and be one of the big pushers of, of the next price tier of games, then why wouldn't they want to try to up their price on their consoles? Maybe they think selling, uh, I think that's selling fewer items for a better price, maybe that's they're going to be their go going forward. I think that's a hugely dangerous game to try oh, and jump. Yes, it yeah, absolutely I is. I can actually see Huge. because with with headphones and controllers and stuff raising the price on that, 
is, I think, for a consumer, uh, from a consumer's perspective, easier because you're those are things that are replaced quicker these days. Right. I mean, back in the day, no way. But I these think days, that yeah. is a huge mistake. Like, obviously, <laughs> yeah. I understand the mental mathematical appeal to it, right? I was a calculus major. Right. I get it. We're a little lack here. We're a little lacking here. We're a little lacking here. Let's make up a little ground here. Like, I totally get the logic from a business perspective why you might consider that looking at stone cold numbers. I think that would be irrevocably dumb. I can see them... Where you take a console that has a fixed price out on the market for over a year, right? It's what, mm -hmm. a year and a half now? Something like that. Yeah. Um, yep. And it's got a price point, and consumers just expect those prices to go down. The console gets cheaper over time. That's just the way it works with the console. Uh, because the stuff becomes cheaper. They find better ways to build it. They can build it right. faster. They can build it cheaper. It's the $6 million man. Here we go. And so those just get cheaper. If you have a console that really has not hit store shelves yet, <laughs> like it has not hit store shelves yet. For no, any there are still people who celebrate. I seen a tweet just the other day, somebody's celebrating because their Best Buy happened to have one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like I said, like they I said earlier, I'm still looking for one. I guess I, but. I guess I should also say they didn't say yes, but more importantly, they didn't say no. Now this is transcribed by Video Game Chronicle, so translation. When asked about this, Chief Financial Officer Hiroki Totoki said about a potential price increase for the PS5. At this point in time, there is nothing specific I can share with you about prices. So it wasn't a yes, but it was a far cry from a no. <laughs> yeah, it definitely wasn't a no. I'm with you, though. I think that would be a huge mistake, and I think they would price themselves out of the market, I think is what they would end up. Instead of making up ground, I think they would cost themselves ground I, in the long I, run. I, I think this is where the PS5 Pro comes in. You bump up a couple of specs here and there, call it a Pro with a new form factor, you bump the price up. See, but and and I think Yod, I would go with you on that. That is different. You would have to then, of course, justify the cost difference with the specs, and we have no idea what a PS5 Pro would officially look like yet to say, okay, right. with a chip shortage and X and Y and Z, that makes sense. Uh, but I could definitely see that. But then, doesn't your uh, doesn't your answer become we have no plans to adjust the price on the currently available model of the PlayStation Five? I mean, doesn't Maybe. that become your chief financial officer's it, answer? That is, also, that is way too clean of a statement. It's it's also the chief financial officer, not the marketing guy. So, <laughs> financial sure. officer is always going to be like, I'd like to hey, do that. Well, hike it up. <laughs> I'd like Maybe. to increase our margins. <laughs> I don't know. I think they're playing a risky game if they try it. Yeah. I think they're playing yeah, a risky I, game I, if they just try to yeah, increase the price of the base idea. PlayStation 5 right now. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be a bad idea. You're like, oh, look, I already have a decision on which console to get. <sighs> One of them isn't charging me $70 for every single game. Every single <laughs> game. By the way, I hear that Game Pass is pretty dope. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, you just increased it by $80. Ah, shit, we're getting the Xbox, kids. We're getting yeah. the Xbox, kids. I we're mean, getting the, the Xbox. The, the usage, I also wonder, are they 
tracking to people that use their apps as well. Because, like, um, I'll talk to my friends on the PS, uh, PSN app on the iPad or, or my phone where they're playing their PS5s. Right. So are they tracking my access on the app? Oh, you're being tracked by everybody. The NSA has been watching you for decades. That, that's that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Sony. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry. I know they're watching me. <laughs> we all like, know Remember, like, during, like, like, people didn't want to get COVID boosters because they thought there was trackers in them? I'm like, you carry one, you idiot. Right? You, <laughs> right? you voluntarily you carry vol- this thing everywhere you go. <laughs> you bought the newest model of it just within the last year, you upgrading fool. Uh, anyway. If you accidentally totally walk out the door without it, you feel like a piece of you is missing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I guess you have to log into PSN, right? To use it. Yeah. So then, yeah, yeah. you're absolutely being tracked. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, whether that's included in their engagement as far as, like, software. Right. right. Um, is that considered engagement? No, it was trackers, too. It was trackers, too. Yeah, it was mind control, too. Yeah, mind control. Oh, my. <laughs> mind control, yeah. Oh, uh, I did want to mention a specific company, Troy, because we did talk about this a little on the Always Online podcast. But I can't, ah. I can't warn people enough: do not fucking buy Skull and Bones. Don't <laughs> buy it. Why? <laughs> the you know gangbusters. Do if not you, buy. If it. you've never waited for reviews ever in your life, this, this is, the, is time. the time. This is the time. So we've talked about Skull and Bones often on the show we've talked about ubisoft singapore often on the show yad you were right by the way i did go back and look at some of our previous coverage um and yes not only was it contractually uh obligated to release but there was a time frame now i was not able to locate the exact date i'm guessing it's the end of 2022 though um, <laughs> right. yeah that's what i thought i remembered i'm guessing it's the end of 2022 yeah. um Ubisoft has basically canceled or delayed its entire slate. We talked about that on the Always Online podcast last week. We talked about it on this show last week. Uh, Avatar, delayed. Uh, Assassin's Creed, delayed. Every Tom Clancy thing, delayed. Or Or canceled. canceled. (laughs) Or Or just shot right in the face. (laughs) Um, That Tom Clancy uh, Ghost Recon-based Battle Royale, none of you wanted. No, you don't have to worry about it. Nobody's getting it. <laughs> they, they right canceled, in the back of the head. Yeah. It just <laughs> was taken outside and shot. That leaves Ubisoft, speaking of financial outlooks, <laughs> two major releases for the rest of this year. Mario and Rabbids, the sequel, which is already damn... I'm sure it's going to be a damn good game. I love the first one. It's already a limited audience, though. It's only available on the Switch, and you got to be into those tactics-based kind of RPG-ish games... So you've talking about a niche audience of a niche audience. I shouldn't call Switch owners niche, but it is one slice. You you can't get it on yeah, PlayStation, it's, it's Xbox, li- PC, none of that. It's platform limiting. I'll be playing that shit on Steam Deck, though. Um, <laughs> Not so platform limiting. I still have to buy it, so they'll get their money out of me. So, but so that'll do moderately well. But that is not a title you want to pin your PNR hopes on. That's not a flagship title. Exactly. Yeah. Good word. Good word. Good That's word. That's crossover the one. That's title, the one. Not a flagship. Yeah. The other one this year is Skull and Bones. And don't get me wrong. 
Nobody, Yod, wants to be a pirate on the open <laughs> seas in an open adventure more than Mike. I couldn't wait for Sea of Thieves. I bought four copies of that across PC and Xboxes. Our whole family was here with headsets when that launched. And then we stopped playing it because it was really bad. It's better now. What? It's better now. So if you do want to check out that Sea of Thieves, go for it. I would, I would recommend checking it out. It's a lot better now. We got burnt at launch. That's all. Uh, no Man's Sky fans know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I was just going to say, No Man's Sky people know how you feel. Yeah. Um, do not buy this on day one. <laughs> just don't. It is being forced out the door. And remember, this was actually supposed to be more in the vein of an Assassin's Creed. There's no story anymore. There's like no main campaign to go through or anything like that. You'll learn little bits of lore and see key characters in like recurring bounties and stuff like that. But this is literally just go do your thing. Now, Kotaku, when they reported on all the delays and cancellations, and, and we reported on them on, on, on uh, MMO Bomb as well. But in addition, Kotaku spoke with a former developer on Sea of Thieves. Somebody on the team. Sea of Thieves or Skull, uh, and, Bones? Uh, Skull and Bones? Sorry. Oh my God! I don't want to besmirch <laughs> yeah, Sea sure. of Thieves. Yeah, my sure. apologies, rare. My apologies, rare. You are a good game. Thumbs up. This one is not Skull and Bones. According to one developer, this is according to uh, Kotaku, giving credit to the author Ethan Gotch. According to one developer, there is little to the pirate ship game beyond what you've already seen when it reemerged in a showcase live stream earlier this month. Despite a bevy of resource-gathering survival sim mechanics, they said each individual part of the game lacked depth. Now, there was also supposed to be some type of test phase heading into, like, September, October here. That likely is not going to happen. Now, I mean, it still could, but... They reported that it's likely not going to happen. They were already supposed to have one, which they did not. We'll see if they have another one. If you, uh, Troy, you're absolutely right. If you have never waited for a review in your life, wait on this one. And you know what? I got to give credit because it totally didn't enter my mind. But when we were talking about this yesterday on Always Online, go over to MMOBomb.com. Watch that show, please. That's that's the site that actually pays the bills. I would appreciate it. I like paychecks. Um. Takao said it in chat, and it totally had not I, crossed my mind, but I think he's dead on. I'm going to be really surprised to see how they handle review copies of this game. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, is this, is this one that we have reviews from, like, ACG Carrick two or three days before the game comes out? Or is this going to be one of those things where, you know, you're going to be seeing ACG, your IGN, like, even the big dogs in, in this type of content, re full review content, not able to play it until release day and therefore reviews coming out three and four days after it's actually released because this is one to do a full fair review you're going to need a good 40 to 80 hours of of diving around in all of its different mechanics I, i'm going to be interested to see i think to cows on to something that it might be worth watching I would, I would, if you were going to ask me to bet on it right now, I would bet that best case scenario, probably under NDA until release day. They may, even if they get review copies, they'll be under NDA until release day. I would say the same, yeah. That'd be interesting. To see. I, and I think that's, get release I think that's best case scenario with this. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I understand it, man. I'm like super pumped to be a pirate and just go do my thing under no pressure. Just go to sail the seas and do my thing. I get it. I get it. But wasn't this supposed to be like an expanded upon section of an Assassin's Creed game? Black Flag, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. they had. Yeah, it was supposed they technically to be, had the mechanics. It was supposed to be a, a, a in house. Yeah, they, full, yeah, they yeah. supposedly had the mechanics in house. That is that is one of the most beloved looking back on Assassin's Creed's games, and it's not because of the right. assassinations. It's because of the damn ship sailing. Yeah, it's because right. of all and, of Edward's segments and, and, and driving yeah. your boat around. Right, that's the so stuff that people loved do, about it. All you had to do was take the mechanics and create a story around it. I think Ubisoft's that's, in trouble. Like, there have obviously been, when we talked about it on the show, there have obviously been companies kind of poking around at, at maybe trying to buy it. And Ubisoft has actually, like, staved off hostile takeovers in the past. Remember the whole Vivendi thing? Mm-hmm. Way back when yeah. Vivendi and Blizzard were... were... Multiple times, wasn't yeah. it? Didn't they just right. keep trying to buy them out? Yeah, and, like, Yves Guimau and his family have managed to hang on to the company. Now maybe they're a little more ready to court those investors and we've reported that on on this show too where it seemed like they were maybe open to uh, a potential purchase but i don't if you're gonna buy a game company which many are doing right now you know you got xbox and blizz there's rumors about sony and square enix sony already picked up bungie that's finalized like yep if you're ubisoft this is the time to get bought and oh my god you just delayed your entire slate or canceled it Oh, but you got that pirate thing that, yeah, no, no, no. That you have to kick out the door? It's going to be interesting to watch Ubisoft, I think, over like the next six to 12 months. I do wish that game would be good. I I do. I I do. do. Yeah, I'm with you, Troy. Please don't, like, misunderstand me saying don't buy this, don't support them. Like, Ubisoft has its own problems, whether you believe internally their structure has been changed and, and fixed or not and you might be boycotting them, like, whatever. That's fine. I'm not advocating for just, like, don't support this game. I'm saying wait until you see it because I don't want you to get taken to the cleaners because it is not. It is a full AAA $60 to $70 price tag, depending on your console or your platform of choice. And and the the cinematics are pretty, and if, if they actually had a story that revolved around what they showed on the cinematics... It might actually be decent, but if that's all they got is those snippets and then the carefully curated sections of gameplay they showed, uh, that thing's going to be a steaming pile of mess. Yeah, I, I think for the mass audience, it would definitely need some kind of story, at least getting getting them into the game for sure. Um, I would like to see it be a, a deep sandbox myself as far as the you know the later on gameplay, like something like Sea of Thieves. But the problem is going to be, it sounds like, uh, according to the reports from a developer inside, that it's just going to be the very basics of a sandbox, and they're literally going to want expect the players to invent everything and every little reason to do everything and that's not the way sandbox games work you don't just put a game out there and be like go do whatever you want you create opportunities for them to tell their own stories you have to do things within a game that gives them the idea the ability to this little event they can run for them to tell their own stories that's where those stories come from is off little seeds you plant not just a blank field they're not planting the seeds they're picking the seeds and making their stories yeah, and right. chat talking about Ubisoft, like, I, I don't think Ubisoft's going away. 
I don't think that's going to... I just think they they could end up in a position, unfortunately, while they do have plenty of big IPs, they do have plenty of big titles, like they've, they've got Rayman, they've got obviously all the freaking Tom Clancy shit. Uh, they got the Splinter Cell, which they're, you know, not really doing much with. Like they, I think they will stay as a company, but I think it's one of those things that you could find them purchased by a company for a lot less than you think they should sell for. I think mm-hmm. that's more likely than anything to be what happens that you see them sold to somebody and you see the number and you're like huh you're kind of like those western square enix studios where you were like they just sold three western studios and one of which owns tomb raider for 300 million that seems really cheap (laughs) like i think that's what you might see here (laughs) uh what's going on with star wars knights of the old republic yod apparently nothing <laughs> At this point in time, it's apparently in development hell, and they've delayed it to who knows when. So yeah, if you were hoping to play the remake, it may or may not come to fruition yet again. So, <sighs> yeah. Troubled development house. Imagine that a troubled development. And, uh, and that's house. not the first rumblings of trouble with that game in development either. Freaking EA, good yeah. lord. They hate no. single-player games. Yeah, over the years, it's been sad. And hey, so sad let's talk about some things that actually may come out. <laughs> okay. At least right now are slated to come out in the month of August. Yeah, some of the... Uh, the I'm going to give you one that I'm, I'm stupid interested in right here. Comes out August 4th, and that is Turbo Golf Racing. This is for the PC, the Xbox uh, X, Series X, and the Xbox One. Comes out August 4th. Absolutely awesome. Don't you, of course, me. If you like Rocket League, this is a lot of fun. I took part in one of their betas. Uh, It is stupid fun. It's obviously not as, like, tightly controlled or physics-based as Rocket League. It's not meant to be. Uh, But it is a blast. Get in your little rocket car. Big ass golf ball, and there's a hole. Go down there. It is a lot of fun. It is an absolute blast to play. I got addicted to it during beta. I can't wait. I believe it's free to play too. Uh, off the top of my head, I think. I think is Turbo Golf Racing <laughs> free to play. I don't know. Uh, it's free to download on the game Steam page. So yes, yes, free to play, free to play. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, and then we've got a couple other ones. I mean, Roller Drome. I'm kind of interested in in just seeing what it's all about. That's one for me that I want to see reviews first. Kind of like you know, shooting meets Tony Hawk, uh, almost <laughs> the way we saw that. Uh, Madden 23, huge release in August uh, as well. I saw. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? coming out in August, and I kind of went, is that still a thing? Like, do we <laughs> yeah, still... Right. <laughs> Didn't know that was, you know, a thing still. Do we still do this? Like, <laughs> what? There's uh, not still a show, is there? Is it just an IP now? Yeah, I mean, it's gotta just be an IP, right? Chat, look it up. Is there still a show for that? Um, Saints Row, another big one, coming out August 23rd. <laughs> Havoc. August 23rd. This is another one that I'm just watching. Um, 
Say, I love the Saints Row franchise, but a lot of the stuff that they showed earlier, I was fully in the majority going, what are you guys doing? Like, what the hell are you doing with this remake? Uh, so yeah, I, the remake doesn't seem much like anything like the original Saints Row, does it? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a fan. I'm a fan, so we'll see. So there's a couple of them that I'm watching. Troy, anything you're watching in particular? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Captain Obvious says the uh, the Spider-Man game, um, as long as that's not a bad port, uh, we know it's a good game, so that'll be an easy pickup. Uh, August 4th, I've got one on that day, too. Hard West 2. Oh, you if mean you Turbo Golf Racing. Yeah, I'll play with yeah, you, not yeah. a problem. <laughs> uh, if you haven't played the original Hard West, if you're a, if you're a fan of the turn-based tactical combat and sort of uh, almost a Dark Tower-esque setting where it's... Uh, it's sort of a, a dark fantasy western setting. There's magic and evil and stuff like that. Um, it's a hell of a fun game. Uh, I would recommend picking up Hard West and checking it out for sure. Um, as long as the reviews are good on Hard West 2, I don't see any reason not to play Hard West 2. Uh, and then there was one more. Oh, the two-point games, the two-point campus. Oh, yeah, I haven't yeah. played any of those yet, but they're always on my wish list. They're always just one board night away from getting picked up because they look like they would be really fun, and I enjoy those type of sort of over-the-top simulation games. What you looking for in August, Yod? Uh, I've been kind of in the mood for games that just kind of waste time a little bit with not really too much uh, contention or stress. Oh. So I was kind of looking at uh, Arcade Paradise. Oh, we got to right. go in and get some high scores and stuff like that. And we call we call those pooping while playing the Steam Deck games. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes that's and a little nostalgia goes a long way these days. Yeah, yeah, it does. It definitely <laughs> does. Uh, so, yeah, I got some news for you. I brought it specifically to the show. I saw that. For you. It even says yeah. in the notes, bungee news for yeah. Yod. Yeah. Uh, so I do want to. I wanted to get your opinion on both of these, but more more importantly, the first one. So the first yeah. one, they're gonna have new content coming for the next two seasons, eighteen mm. and nineteen. Yep. New raid. Uh, well, not new raid. They're unvaulting a raid and making some changes so that they can have a whole new world first race and all that jazz. They haven't told us the raid. Right. They're gonna have a reveal late in August of uh, not only that, but also like the next expansion, the light lightfall. I think it's a lightfall. Is that it? I don't know. Yeah, uh, Lightfall is one of the expansions. Yeah, so they're going to have a, a bunch of reveal stuff like August 23rd or something like that. But yes. what I wanted to ask you about is over the next two seasons, starting with season 18 and going into season 19, they're going to be reverting uh, uh, control for PvP back to the skill-based matchmaking. Mm -hmm. Now, for those of you that I, like, I, I dabble in Destiny, and when it first came out, like Havoc and I, and we played it forever – you know, full crucible squad and everything. It used Destiny used to use skill based matchmaking, right? Um, but they took it away because there were problems with it when you you had people on the low end and the high end taking forever to get matches, etc. Mm -hmm. And so they moved it to more connection based. Uh, right. Who had the best internet connection? And they just lumped everybody together and threw them in. The problem that they're finding is looking back now on that is that's not the best when they say in their back end on their scale of zero to two thousand. Troy has a damn good internet connection, but ultimately, loadout-wise, reaction time-wise, in a non-public-facing number, he rates a 300, and Yod rates a 1800, and they are in the same match. And they're like, in a 1v1, those Troy doesn't stand a chance. We'll never win that matchup. They mm. said over 50% of their control matches are decided before a shot is even fired. 
Yep. Wow. <laughs> they can yep. just look They're at the, those iron banners. They can just look at the numbers and go, that team doesn't have a prayer. And so yep. <laughs> they are making modifications to bringing back the skill-based matchmaking with some changes and uh, and updates right. to it to try and mitigate some of the previous problems. But what I'm seeing is like a lot of the maybe it's more PVP content creators, but because that's my scope of what I'm watching, but right. I'm not seeing everybody happy with what in my brain would kind of make people happy, right? You're going to have better, right. more equitable, fair, fun matches. All right. So, yes, you will have more equitable, fair, fun matches. I still do believe, though, connection should be one of the top things to connect people. Because there was far too many times when, back in the day, like I said, when we had full fire teams of players going in, you know, the other side would have back-ass connections, and, you know, you'd shoot them ten times in the head, and they're still standing there because their connection's shit. And then they shoot you once, and you're dead. That could be also lag switching or whatever, cheating, whatever, you know, that's not neither here nor there. But a lower tier player on PvP will not get into PvP if they get their butt kicked first time out. <laughs> I mean, you're so not wrong. Skill base you're not is wrong. important. Yeah. Yeah, like and, Destiny, and... I am average at PvP, so I enjoy Same. I enjoy most pvp matches they're my favorite modes and and modes that i'm not particularly good at but so i would be right. i'm average it, right. it is one of the better games as far as my pvp skill when it comes to shooters i'm better in right. destiny than i am in many others but at the end of the day i'm still average if i'm mm. getting mowed down all the time which is exactly. more likely to happen now than right. after skill-based matchmaking i would agree right. with you i'm less likely to play if i'm constantly getting mowed down and I don't exactly. feel it's all that bad right now. I mean, there are obviously people that I've been mowed down before that I'm like, why am I in a lobby with this dude? I can't right. see my MMR, but it is clearly less than this person's. <laughs> yeah. and, and if if those high-end players are getting get matched up with other high-end players and they can't completely blow the other team out, wah, wah. Yeah. So what? You get your challenge rating. So are you you, you in favor of this, but you would like to see am, connection be like factor B in the process? Yeah, yeah, connection should be up there. It doesn't have to be one or be the other it. to you. Yeah, so. it's not one or the other. It's It's got to be a combination of both. And I mean, granted, granted, back in the day, we went into a match three in a row, actually, against the same team in Iron Banner one time. It was Rift, like they do now in Iron Banner is yeah. Rift, where it's basically basket. For those that don't know, it's basketball. Essentially, you grab the ball, you dunk it, that type of deal. And the first time around, it was almost an even match. The second time around, we beat them pretty pretty soundly. The third time around, when they saw us there, they rage quit. <laughs> <laughs> one nice. of our people got one shot off and got a kill. We grabbed the ball, and they all rage quit. They were, they like, were, I'm out. They were a clan. We were a clan. So, you know... But that was during skill-based. So, you know, there are... I guess there are kind of ways around skill-based. Because whoever's... What we called driving the bus. Whoever's in charge of your team. It's their skill rating you're going off of. Make sure you thank the bus driver. 
Um, <laughs> right. On the other side of things, not so good on the Bungie side of things. If you think their public-facing communication has been less than they usually do, whether it be Reddit or forum posts or anything like that, uh, mm-hmm. you are correct. Uh, you are correct. Damage of Fork community manager coming to Reddit when a kind of generic post was put up there saying, hey, I kind of miss seeing Bungie replied on a lot of things here on Reddit. What's going on? Uh, Toxin says, uh, here's the thing, the harassment we've spoken to, I mean, Bungie is literally suing somebody that was not only cheating, but they also alleged threatened staff and threatened to burn down their office too. Uh, It's not just rude replies on Twitter or vague comments. There have been real threats towards our people in our studio. We're taking them seriously, which is leading to an amount of reduced communications as the team plans future protection strategies to help avoid these sorts of things. Uh, Damage going into things a little more than that, but that's the basic idea that we're concerned we need to put more safeguards in. The flip side of this, Troy, and we discussed this a little bit on the Always Online cast, is the, you know, are you punishing the regular player for what would you would hope be a very tiny minority of players that are actually making death threats that need to be taken credibly and not somebody calling you a dick on Twitter uh, and, and, you know, just being a, a trash bag about things, uh, but not in a threatening way. Is this the right move on Bungie's part to kind of pull back from public-facing communication and get some more safeguards in place? Or does this unfairly punish your average Destiny 2 player? Yeah, we talked about a little bit about this yesterday, and we live in an age where we get more communication, more transparency from these developers than we've ever gotten before. It's not even close to development for games back in the day. Um, I don't think it's in a punishment. I think to an extent... Uh, some folks are entitled, feel entitled now to that communication. Uh, as long as they're not completely cutting off communication, putting some safeguards in place, and trying to make it better for themselves in the future to communicate, I think that's absolutely fine. I don't think they're unjustly punishing anybody. They're just doing what they have to do to protect their people because it's too easy to, to dock someone to figure out where, who they are, where they live, get all their information, and harass them personally, not just across Twitter calling all the developers a bunch of idiots. It's way too easy to do that nowadays. Have you noticed, Yod, a, la- a, a reduced communication as somebody who plays Destiny you know, almost daily? There, there has been um, less stuff coming out from them, and with this statement, I think it's it's fine. It's perfectly fine, like Troy said. It's not a permanent thing. They're not going, we're never going to talk to you guys again. They're going, you know, we're going to pull back a little bit, reorganize, and then we'll come back with you. So, you know, that's probably the proper thing to do in this case because threats are to be taken seriously, especially in this day and age with, like Troy said, so much transparency going on. Let me hit you with some last miscellaneous news bits, get your quick quick take on them, and then we'll head over to do games of the week. First off, Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg reporting that Grand Theft Auto 6 is going to include a playable female protagonist. Uh, That would be something new for the franchise. According to people familiar with development, the woman who is a Latina will reportedly be one of a pair of leading characters in a story influenced by bank robbers Bonnie and Clyde. The developers are also being cautious not to punch down by making jokes about marginalized groups, something obviously that the series in its, you know, formulative years or formative, sorry, uh, years obviously did they catered to stereotype jokes and things like that quite a bit uh and that hey you're probably they have no idea when this is going to release the people that jason talked to but it's probably about uh two at least two years away 
which I think all of us expected. But they also went out of their way to say, hey, Rockstar is in the middle of a or completing a reinvention. Remember, these are this is one of those companies, along with Riot, along with Blizzard, has had accusations of frat boy culture and crunch and like everything wrong with the industry. Um, there's a report that Rockstar Games has attempted to reinvent itself as a more progressive and compassionate workplace, with Bloomberg citing interviews with more than 20 people who work there currently or left recently. Some of recent changes include restructuring the design department to keep overtime under control, changes to scheduling, converting contractors to full-time employees, the ousting of several managers employees saw as abusive or difficult to work with, new mental health and leave benefits, a flexible or a flexitime policy that allows staff to immediately take time off for every extra hour that they do work, and a promise that excessive overtime will not be required for Grand Theft Auto 6, unlike some of the major releases the company has had in the past. On the downside, some say, hey, it has put a little bit of mid-level management extra steps in there, so communication kind of suffers a little bit. I mean, that's good, right? It's only 20 people who aren't going on the record with their names or anything, but that's a far cry than when we hear 10 people coming out of Blizzard or 10 people coming out of these other companies making statements. Troy, that's it's, it's right direction, right? Yeah, at least they're going the right way, and uh, you know, I don't want to give too heavy props for fixing something that shouldn't have been the case in the first place. True, but, true. <laughs> but at least they are fixing the problem, and hey, Blizzard, you don't have to wait until the government's investigating you <laughs> and you're being sued for maybe tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah you, <laughs> you can You can fix this stuff on your own. Yeah, Riot's $100 million settlement just uh, yeah. got finalized by a judge this week. I don't have it in the show notes for this show. Go to MMO Bomb. We talked about it there. Uh, but I bet they're looking going, you know, we probably just should have fixed it before all this stuff. <laughs> if you nip it in the bud, you won't get to the lawsuit. Remember Axie Infinity, Yod, that uh, NFT game that a lot of people uh, play that had like 625 million shanked out of its blockchain? NFTs. Yeah, well, hey, yeah. Uh, let's let me add a little something for you. Apparently, the Sky Mavis CEO, Trung Nguyen, uh, had mm. went ahead and moved some of his tokens before publicly acknowledge, uh, acknowledging or informing investors of the hack where they lost $625 million, which, by the way, as we talked about on this show, they were only being reimbursed to the tune of about a third of those lost assets. Now, they're saying that the CEO moved about $3 million worth of Axie Infinity's main tokens, AEX, from Axie's blockchain to the crypto exchange Binance before news of the hack went public. Now, the transaction itself, you could view publicly. It wasn't hidden, but there was no information showing on who the who owned the wallet. So you couldn't pinpoint who had that money or was control or those that token, uh, those tokens and who was moving it until analysis of that public data pointed to win. And then Sky Mavis confirmed that it was win. Here's what they have to say when accusations of insider trading went live. They said, at the time, we Sky Mavis understood that our position and options would be better the more AXS we had on Binance. This would give us the flexibility to pursue different options for securing the loans and capital required. The founding team chose to transfer it 
from this wallet to ensure that short sellers who track official Axie wallets would not be able to front run the news and that any accusations that he was trying to mitigate potential personal losses were baseless. And so here's what I say. Oh, so you weren't trying to hide the fact that you were moving money because you got hacked. You were trying to hide the fact that you were moving money because you didn't want people to see you were moving money and short sell the damn currency itself. Um, so you were being sneaky and trying to hide it, but for different reasons. Yes. Is that the credit yes. you want? Is that the type of credit you want? Yes. Oh, yes. You're not this kind of asshole. You're this kind of asshole. <laughs> right. This is the kind of people who run NFTs, by the way. All of them out there who are running these, these crypto companies, these NFT companies, they're all this type of person. All they care about is the bottom line and what they're going to get out of it, and they're the only ones making money out of this. Pretty much. <sighs> I wasn't being sneaky for the reason you think I was being sneaky, Havoc. <laughs> I was being sneaky for other reasons that yes. are still me being sneaky at the end of the day. Several WWE games, including the really bad one, 2K20, uh, have been delisted without any notice. This includes WWE 2K17, 18, 19, and 20, the aforementioned absolutely terrible one. So that means the only digital uh, ones on Steam, the PlayStation Store, and the Xbox Store are WWE 2K22. Imagine that, the most recent release, and WWE 2K Battlegrounds. Those are the only two that are still up. Now, they have done this before <laughs> where they have just suddenly delisted some things. I don't know what's going on, why you... I mean, they've always tried to like migrate and force you to the most recent one. There are developer challenges here like Ukes used to do them and now Ukes doesn't so maybe there was some licensing stuff going up 20 uh 2022 is actually doing pretty well review wise it better because they took a whole year off to go ahead and redo it with a whole new developer so you kind of have to do better at that point the bar's already pretty low but yeah just silently delisted I wonder if like somebody won them in one of the Vince McMahon settlements like, <laughs> like those are mine now those are mine now. Yeah, Vince retiring. How about that? I don't know if you guys are wrestling. Guys. Yeah, dude, that's freaking crazy. And, of course, the reason he's retiring isn't the reason he gave that he's retiring. No, but, it's because he's but under, the, but just the fact he's that he under away, fire from dozens no of harassment uh, accusations. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I, I never would have thought. And, and you saw, like, when they, when they first started coming out, the, the Monday Night Raw and the SmackDown, uh, right after that, he came out on TV and was like, hey, I'm still here. Oh, I'm Vince McMahon. I'm never leaving. Yeah. And then, oh, the federal government's looking into us. Oh, I'm 77 years old. I guess it's time to call <laughs> yeah. it a day. Yes. Yeah, like, I just had shades of when he showed up to the steroids trial with a neck brace on. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> and, like, he, he legitimately did hurt himself. But was it neck brace worthy? Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. And no. you know he's running that joint yard from behind the scenes right like, there's no way he's handing that over to stephanie and triple h just no holds barred do whatever no way no what is way. it cm punk said his uh, idiot daughter and his doofus son-in-law <laughs> yeah yeah um hey stadia is not shutting down at least according to google okay <laughs> you say so yeah because google has a track record of just supporting things for a long wait well no they don't uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. Rumors were going around on Twitter earlier this week. I didn't week. even know Stadia was still things. So. <laughs> <laughs> Saying that it was shutting down Studio Stadia says nope, nope. Uh, from an unnamed source, of course, uh, claimed to have a friend that was a regional manager for Google. 
It says, long story short, Google's the beginning their exit plan for uh, Stadia. They did not have an exact date that end of service will happen, but they did say by the end of the summer. Also mentioned that they'll not be transferring their services or servers to any other competition per se, and it'll be much like they did with Google Play Music. Same exit approach and strategy. Uh, Stadia, in reply to a tweet, somebody asking said, no, we're not shutting down. Rest assured, we're always working on bringing more games to the platform and Stadia Pro. Let us know if you have any other questions. Uh, so maybe keep an eye on it. I don't, you know, Maybe. I'd like to believe them and take them at their word. But remember, when Google's game studio shut down, the employees were like the last to know about it. Remember, right. like they were literally the last and it broke publicly before the employees were notified. So yeah. I'd like to give them credit and say, OK, they confirmed it's not going anywhere, but. I don't know how high up the person who sent the tweet actually is. You know, you, you right. just don't know. <laughs> who knows? This is hysterical. Blizzard, man, when it just rains, it fucking pours, right? Blizzard. Hey, we, yeah, the, the last two, three things are about Blizzard, aren't they? Overwatch <laughs> Contender Series, the summer series has been going on, okay? Now, I got to catch you up a little bit on this. So we had two pro teams... Munich Esports and uh, Zero One Esports were facing off against each other, and they were under the impression that it was a best of seven. They had been told this, although the rest of the tournament was a best of five, the finals, they were told, was going to be a best of seven. And whoever wins four, wins. But apparently yeah, the commentators... A Discord discussion about yeah, this? Yeah, a Discord well. discussion, yeah. yeah. Apparently the EU commentators forgot that they had discussed this on Discord and called the game early as a best of five when one of the teams went up 3-0. But to save face, Blizzard changed the official rules very quickly on the tournament website. It ended up... <laughs> and it wasn't a 3-0, by the way. Like, they played five. <laughs> right. And then they scrambled. So I, I miss, miss said 3-0. My, my apologies. So they did... <laughs> they, they stopped it after five matches... And they, they were like, declared a winner. And they declared a winner, even though. <laughs> and then Blizzard said, okay, hold on, hold on. We're going to come back in day two and we'll do match six and seven. Changed the rules, brought them back. Both teams said, fuck that noise. We're protesting. And in a live game, they totally, both teams brought joke compositions and they just did 1v1 ridiculous fights at the control points. <laughs> The best yeah. part of this is if you go watch the video, if you can still find it, the EU commentators are commentating these matches pretending like it's real because they have to. That's their job <laughs> is to make these matches interesting. These two teams were just totally dicking around with the worst compositions ever and just 1v1-ing instead of team rushing, trying to take control points and everything. <laughs> so eventually because they took the stream down. <laughs> How hard is it to write down your rules <laughs> have them in front of you? Eventually, they took the stream down, 
and and they issued a statement that says <laughs> ex oblivion alongside many others within the contender scene are distraught regarding the decision made for the match between O1 Esports and Munich Esports and the issues that have occurred following multiple errors on Blizzard's end. We believe this is in combination with a lack a general lack of communication that has affected the competitive integrity of the tournament. We hereby refuse to continue our series until the issues have been addressed. We apologize to all viewers watching the matches and hope you understand. Troy, it's just tremendous. <laughs> and, you, and you know what really sucks? is that, I mean, yes, that's absolutely hilarious. But what really sucks is because Blizzard cannot do anything right. They're purposefully trying to do everything wrong. I would bet an amount of money to anybody that that some of those players or all those players are going to get suspensions for collusion. Oh, probably. Oh, I would, I would bet. They're gonna, right. They're going to get some kind of fine. You think or that, but how often can you, how often do you think, oh, Blizzard can't do that. That would surely not. And then they freaking do it anyway. They can't, right? They can't do anything right I right bet now. they will. I bet they will. I'm gonna try collusion. Collusion. Because that's, collu I mean, that's the definition of collusion right there, what they did. Yep. Because they, they conspired against Blizzard. Mm -hmm. God's sakes. For God's sake. Oh yeah. I, I don't I don't think the story's over yet. I you're probably right. I just can't believe like and I, I can feel for the casters, right? Like I mean oh, obviously yeah. they made a mistake. I'm Poor not guys. they but like when the match starts, you have to be like all amped up and like I've mm. done enough MC work, uh, you know, Master of Ceremonies work. Like you have to and like you realize as you're seeing in real time, like their brains go, oh my God, what is going on? <laughs> like I've been uh, there, I've been there. I've, I've run nonprofit charity events where you're emceeing or you're doing, I'm doing magic and you're just like watching a disaster unfold, but you have to pretend that it's not a disaster and it's totally normal. <laughs> oh my God, it's tremendous. It's yeah, it's cover yeah, Jace. That's a good way to describe it. It's covering a WTF moment. Yeah, it's covering a WTF moment. Okay, Yod, what am I looking at here? I know people. I'm uh, not. I'm not a Gundam guy, but I know people are really stoked about a new Gundam game. I it's been all over <laughs> my social media and stuff. But what so, the hell am I so, looking at here? So apparently, one side is because my screen hasn't caught up yet but one side is the the left is the aurora the, thing and the right is a yeah, gundam call one. of duty aurora the other side is the personal symbol of char asnabel from um from gundam classic character the, the villain the, the guy that pilots the red mecca that's his personal symbol so anybody that's ever seen gundam like knows that symbol so like when they when call of duty aurora showed this like Gundam fans would have known immediately. Oh yeah, it's like that because it's on his shield, it's on his shoulder, on his mech. It's you know, it's his symbol. <laughs> He's the red comet. Well, I mean, what are Come you on. talking about? I mean, you're one of those fucking pesky artists. <laughs> it's white. The other one's red. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I mean, we thought the Street Fighter symbol yeah. was lame yeah. and and taken off of you know a, a stock footage, but this, they were they were this like. Is like they were like, no, 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 ours is white, and we've made the triangle thinner. Yeah, it's made thinner. The triangle it's thinner. totally thinner. <laughs> the angles are totally, slightly different. It's totally different, guys. Yeah. Totally different. <laughs> it's got to be <Yeah>. huge. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Uh, and Call of Duty <laughs> under that's... under accusations of stealing yep. other artwork as well yep. as Salen Five <laughs> on Twitter, accusing COD Vanguard of uh, taking the Samoy uh, skin that they're putting there and selling in their little floof furry pack pretty much directly lifted. I mean, this is kind of... I don't have the B-roll up because it doesn't really display well. Right. Uh, the, we don't apply. This is just an accusation at the moment from an artist saying that COD Vanguard is, is basically stealing a skin I already created and now selling it. They apparently have reached out to Activision for an explanation or compensation. <laughs> Sometimes we have seen uh, companies, not just Activision Blizzard, but other companies saying, hey, you know what? You're right. We're totally going to change this or acknowledging it. Sometimes they don't say a word. So we're going to have to watch and see how this one rolls downhill. While we're doing while they're uh, while we're waiting, though, let's go do games of the week and call it a week. For those of you new here, welcome. Thank you so much. We hope uh, you enjoyed the show. Go ahead and give us a follow, a like, a subscribe, a turn on those notifications, whether you're watching on YouTube, whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, any of the platforms that we are on. We definitely appreciate the support. And if you like what we do here, join us for our other shows, including Thursday night shows, The Relic Grind, our Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix podcast, and all of our different streams hosted by myself and our wonderful team of volunteer streamers. No Torchwick stream after this show, but Tarkoth will be live later tonight. Head on over to readycheckradio.com. All the socials are in the upper right-hand corner, including Twitter. Makes it real easy for you to know when we're going live. This is how we end the episode of Gaming Gumbo every week. All three of us are about to recommend a game. Could be a board game, card game, video game, handheld game, whatever. Could be something we're playing now, have played in the past, or going to play and think you should too. And you let us know in the comments on readycheckradio.com and on YouTube which one of the three of us gave the best game recommendation this week. Troy, we'll go to you first. Uh, this week, I am recommending Architects of the West Kingdom. It is a worker placement game. Worker placement is my uh, most favored game mechanic by far. Uh, in this game, you're placing your workers around the board trying to build a uh, temple church in the middle. You get contribution points for helping build that. Or you can be a scummy villain doing dirty deeds and getting points that way. You can also throw your other opponent's workers in jail. That's right. Send them to jail where they can't be used until they're retrieved. Uh, this game is a very big game on Board Game Geek. It's a Shim Phillips game. It's part of a trilogy of, of the West Kingdom game. Games, including Paladins of the West Kingdom and Viscounts of the West Kingdom. Uh, but my favorite one out of that trilogy is Architects of the West Kingdom Worker Placement. Yes, but are those dirty deeds done dirt cheap? Yod, your done turn. Dirt uh, I am currently still obsessed with Power Washer Simulator. Because <laughs> it is so Ding. freaking cathartic. Ding. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All the dings. All and the swiping of... back and forth with the power washer. All so, power washer simulator. It is also currently still free on Game Pass. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, I'm going to give mine to an NES classic that I forgot how much I enjoyed. Except, uh, except when I'm flipping through my Steam Deck library, I stumbled across the Battle of Olympus. 
Uh, and if you were a Zelda 2 fan, the Battle of Olympus was just a fantastic go-along game with that style of game. I don't want to say exact ripoff, but it's pretty freaking close. <laughs> uh, and it was just a tremendous game. I could, I had an absolute blast with it. So I definitely recommend checking that one out. Hope you enjoyed the show today. That's going to do it for us. Tarkoth a little bit later. And of course, we'll see you next Saturday with another episode of Gaming Gumbo at 7 p.m. Eastern with uh, Yod and a special guest. Ooh. A special boom, guest. Boom, boom. Those of you that uh, have watched me since Game Breaker, you might want to stop by next week. Oh my! For a special guest. Until next week, Troy. Where can everybody find you? Hey, hit me up on the Twitters at Noob Fridge. Yod. Uh, Yod Artworks on Twitter. Yod Artworks on Facebook, and right here on Game and Gumbo. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me personally there at MagicMan1 on Twitter. But more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O, and you'll know every time we go live with a podcast or one of our streamers. Until next time, stay safe. Be on the servers. Special guest.